You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abukta. This is MERPS. Hope you guys are doing well. I know for a lot of people, the heat wave is hitting real hard. It's pretty hot over here. I don't know how it is over there uh, where you're it's at. It's nice. Charlotte is very nice, pretty cool, you know, for this time of the year in Charlotte. We are not part of the heat wave. There are very few uh, cicadas. We've just kind of escaped all the bad stuff um, besides the, the, the coronavirus. I think you guys were just a bit south of the cicada border, um, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, you guys didn't get that many cicadas. And thankfully, the heat wave, I see, is not affecting you guys. I think in a few days over here, it will be over 100. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And I know a lot of places, it's way over 100. But I will say yeah. 100 degrees with the DC humidity is really miserable. Mm-hmm. It's under 90 degrees here. Yeah, oh that's good. <laughs> Which and, is unusual, by the way. So we're actually getting cooler weather than usual. And you guys are not in a horrendous swamp town. Like, literally a swamp. I'm not talking about politically. It is okay. literally a swamp. Okay. For the record, DC. Charlotte humidity is higher than D.C. humidity. We just are not in a swamp. Yes. Yeah. The, the whole area is terrible for living. <laughs> uh, I, I think you guys, like, have, have better, better city feng shui. It's like the air just passes through Charlotte a little bit better. <laughs> it just gets bogged down here in D.C., which is pretty terrible. But thankfully, we are in an era of air conditioning and podcasts, so that is good. Mm, yes. So nothing is happening in the arena, in battlegrounds, in life. Uh... So what we're going to do is we're going to bring up a topic that I think has been under-addressed by this podcast, although definitely not under-addressed by the wider arena um, public. Uh, and, uh, and I feel like we would, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do well to talk about it a bit before it kind of passes its time. And what I'm talking about is Venomous Scorpion. So a lot of, we spend a lot of bandwidth talking about the watch posts when they came out because they were way more ridiculous or one of them was uh was way more ridiculous and uh but that got removed and so we didn't quite move on to the next one uh and as watch watch post was being removed there was a lot of talk of like wait but what about scorpid isn't scorpid just as bad and so we kept saying scorpid is not just as bad and you know that was we still hold by that like i don't think it's it's close um not just in in terms of power but also in terms of how much it it makes the meta terrible um, but, you know, after doing that for a while, we didn't want to immediately go back and say, by the way, Scorpid is terrible. Because obviously Scorpid is terrible. No, no, one's, no one's saying Scorpid, uh, either one, should exist in the arena, or two, is not super OP. It has a 59% win rate on HS Replay, which makes it the highest rated neutral non-legendary card. But, you may be surprised to know, it's actually not alone. It's with Derailed Coaster. Derail Coaster is at 58.7 and Venomous Scorpion at 58.9. They're kind of both in this like tier one. So we'll talk about both. And they, they share some characteristics. Um, but but we'll focus on, on Scorpion because it's the one that, that gets the most hate. Um, okay. So let's break down Scorpid. If you're wondering what card I'm talking about, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, because you obviously haven't watched or played Arena in the last like three months. Uh, but it is a 3-mana 1-3 beast, poisonous, battlecry, discover a spell. It is neutral, and aside from being the best card in the arena, it is also the most included in-deck neutral card, the non-legendary neutral card, in Constructed, at 17.8% of all decks in Constructed, according to HS Replay. It's part of the reason um, people hate Priest right now. And I'm not saying if not for Scorpion, people wouldn't hate Priest. That's not true. People hate Priest no matter what because of Priest identity. But uh, from my very limited, but you know, I, I, I do stay in touch with Constructed. So from my limited knowledge, I know that 
Scorpid is being run and is a part of the big reason that we have all of these priest memes and people are angry about all of these generated shenanigans that priest does in order to win. Yep. So um, let's just start out by acknowledging the very obvious point, which is that for a neutral card, especially a common neutral card, or like just a non-legendary neutral card, Scorpid is busted. It is busted not just oh, it's Arena, it's a weird place where Yetis are actually pretty decent and stuff happens, right? It's also just busted. So keep that in mind, that this is just kind of an overpowered card that they released into the game itself. But it's not, like 17.8% of all decks in Standard is not like super concerning. Like if you're a game developer and you have a neutral card and it's in 20% of all your decks, you're like, oh, that's a little high. You're not like, oh my god, we need to nerf this. Uh, so that's why it's not getting nerfed. Uh, and probably will remain unnerfed. But the characteristic, like what this card does, makes it one of the most ridiculous cards by pure power in, in the arena. And we're going to go through this from like kind of a game dev's perspective, because from a player's perspective, there's not much to talk about. It's good. It's really good. It's good in all types of decks. You probably would rather have this than any other non-legendary card uh, at least in neutrals, and probably like 90% of your class cards in any kind of deck. So, um, just there's not a lot of analysis to do from a player perspective. It, it's good, take it. But from a game developer perspective, you kind of wonder two things. One, why, why is it so bad in, a, in, in Arena? Um, and two, are we in danger of going down this road again in the future? And this is why also I bring up uh, Derailed Coaster, which uh, nobody seems to really complain too much about. People are like, oh, that's a strong card. But no, win rate wise, this is a Scorpid level card. And, and people just don't make as big of a fuss about it. I love Derailed Coaster. I, I take it like super premium because it's super good. Um, but there's there's kind of the same thing uh, going on there. And Derailed Coaster, by the way, is not a constructed viable card at all. It's a uh, used not used and <laughs> constructed at all so it is presumably a pretty balanced neutral card because a balanced neutral card and constructed should just mean it doesn't get used or it gets used like in one particular deck that needs one particular thing um anything really higher than that and you're already in danger of hmm did we do this um so okay but let's focus on scorpion first so the first the biggest issue and the one i want to focus on the most is the discover mechanic um, I know people really hate the Discover by uh, meta. Some people are getting okay with it. Uh, I've kind of come around to it after the core set because of all the power levels. Your, your Discover cards are not as ridiculous as they were pre-core set because the whole power level of the entire game kind of has evened out a bit. And Discover is not like random cards, so you don't get total bus, right? You have like this floor of, uh, of, of decentness uh, with, with chances to have an OP card. But... There is always going to be a difference between standard design and limited design when it comes to random cards. In, if you can control what cards you put in your deck, you're running mostly on combos or really highly synergistic decks that are not combos, but like let's say aggro or you know whatever else, or a particular uh, like specific you know one one turn kill or or not one turn kill, but still really powerful combos that you're trying to put together. All of them means drawing cards from your deck is generally going to be better than generating a card unless you're worried about actually running out, uh, like getting milled or something. But in Arena, there's not a lot of combos. Uh, the combos are relatively weak compared to Constructed. Aggro decks are not that aggro. Control decks are not that control. They're all kind of mushing in this like middling area. And that makes the Discover mechanic, any kind of random generation mechanic, extremely powerful. Because you, in order, if you're designing a card that should be somewhat constructed viable, then it's going to be broken in Arena. If it has a Discover mechanic. That's just how it is. Now, you layer onto it, discover a spell, or like discover a dragon, or discover a, any category in which... The average card is better than the average arena pool, significantly better than the average card in the arena pool. You know, any class card, right, whatever. And you're going to have an even bigger problem. Because in Constructed, 
You can put your entire deck of spells if you want. You can put your entire deck of dragons. You can put your entire card with class cards. In Arena, you can't do that. So you're not only getting three random cards the same way you would in a draft, but you're getting them of a higher quality. And on top of that, the mechanic itself is designed with a discount because in Constructed, getting a random thing, even a Discover random thing, has a lot of risk of getting stuff you don't necessarily want and forcing you to adjust. Whereas in Arena, you're kind of doing that anyways. There's no downside. So this Discover mechanic, especially Discover Spells, Discover Dragon, Discover any kind of elevated category, becomes just not balanceable. Any card with this is either going to be significantly underpowered and constructed or it's going to be significantly overpowered in arena and it can be both uh but it will ne- but 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 it won't be um it won't be neither like you can't hit that sweet spot where it's like somewhat usable constructed and not destroying arena so i just wanted to start us off there by talking about this mechanic and uh and the fundamental reason why this can't be balanced now Given that, what do you do with it, right? Let's say you are a Blizzard game dev and you actually care about arena balance, but you know that you have to design cards for constructed, right? You know that arena is not supposed to limit your constructed design. Is there something you can do with this? Um, One is you can take these mechanics and give them lower offering rates, right? Like, treat them like legendaries in Arena, basically. Like, these are your bombs. Um, Blizzard has not done that. Two, requires a little bit of programming, but you can adjust these cards, or adjust cards with these kinds of mechanics to provide a penalty to them. Uh, You can balance these cards and make them decent but not uh, amazing if you just take, if you just add one mana to any card you discover. like just kind of as a as a flat rule, yeah, yeah, you're you're going to make a lot of uh, the the powerful discover cards not premium anymore, but that's kind of the point, right? We don't need to keep Scorpion as the best card, just not super OP. Scorpion can be just an above average card, and and it w- it will be fine. And your other cards like the the four four um, elemental that discovers the spell. That, that, that now becomes rather than like a soft premium card, like kind of just an average card. Uh, but that's all fine. Having average cards in the game is not a bad thing. They're not underpowered because no discover mechanic is, is underpowered uh, in, in the arena, at least no modern ones. If you look at the past, discover mechanics used to be valued at around four points. If you think of each point as like a stat. Uh, Discover Mechanics and Card Draw are both valued at around 4 points. So if you have like 3 mana, you get 8 points. A 3 mana card usually gives you 8 points. Uh, That can be uh, something like a 3-4 plus a very minor thing, right? Like usually not even a taunt unless it's a class card. Uh, But like some really minor mechanic. Or like Arcane Intellect, right? 4 plus 4 equals 8. 3 mana gives you 8. You draw 2 cards. Yay! That was the old school way of of kind of valuing Card Draw and Discover. Um, You can think of... uh, you can think of the, the first Discover cards, right? Uh, what was it? Like, like Drooled Scarab. Uh, that's a two-mana card for a 1-1 one, one plus what would be um, four stats to make it a normal two-mana card. A non-curve four stats, which gives you Discover a card. Anyway, they, they, they started to move off of that uh, two years ago. Two years ago? One, two. Yeah, they started to move off of that two years ago. And then with the core set, they're now onto this new system. And in the new system, and back then, if you look at a, yeah, it keeps going, right? I'm talking about when it first came out, but you have so many cards, like I know a guy or whatever, right? Where you're using the same thing. You one mana, one mana should get you four points, and you discover a thing. Like it's all normal. But then they started coming out with like studies. Right, and uh, the first one I think was Primordial Glyph. That's the first time they tested it, which is rather than it being worth four points, it's worth three points when you discover something. So it didn't break the game, so they went with that. And uh, and then with the core set, it's the floor of how many points a mini uh, a card of X mana has has risen by one. So whereas before. Uh, you would have eight points for three mana. You now have nine points for three mana, and there's uh, 
they, they more intelligently scaled the curve so that you can't get extremely aggressive. Like you get more penalized for more tempo in the smaller cards that you give. But generally speaking, that's how, many, um, that's how much value each card uh, on average packs. Uh, otherwise, like Hyena, right? 2-4, like that should be fine. You shouldn't be like losing value. If anything, you should get even more than that. But you don't, and you shouldn't because that's how curve works, right? Like curve is much more important in the early going. Uh, anyway, uh, so now with a card like Scorpid, what you have is effectively a normal three drop, like Emperor Cobra, right? Like Poisonous kind of works, and we'll talk about Poisonous afterwards. We have basically a normal, a normal uh, three drop that's about the same as a four three in, in terms of value. Uh, and on top of that, you normally get two points which is not enough for you to draw a card or discover a card, much less discover a spell. You need three points for that. And in this particular case, for Blizzard, they just said, ah, screw it. Um, and uh, and that's, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of where we are. Um, they gave it an extra point from where you would expect this card to be. Uh, and we could talk about why they may have thought it was necessary to give it an extra point. But that's why this card is actually overvalued. Not just from an arena perspective, but from a normal Blizzard design perspective. They designed this card and they knew it was going to be better than all the other cards. Because this is not hard math to do. Um, I'm outlining like real basic stuff here. Um, in Arena, it has an even bigger effect, not just because of the Discover stuff, but also because of Poison, right? Is a 1-3 in Constructed, like 1-3 Poisonous, ever the same as a 4-3? Pr probably not. Like, I think anytime you're putting down a 4-3 body on the board, you want the uh, opportunity to, to go face. Um, and the Poisonous is not as good. Whereas in Arena, you're trading more often than you need to go face, although in the modern... In the modern era, it kind of balances out a little. But poisonous cards are generally better in arena than they are in constructed. It's not by that much. That's not like a big consideration. And finally, you add on top of that the fact that you need curve cards in arena. You don't necessarily need curve cards in constructed. You can do quite well with cards that are not curve cards, but you're just using your mana or your hero power. Uh, and in arena, you just you can't kind of can't do that. There, it's a minion-driven game. So anything. That has to do with a minion-driven game, such as curve cards, get a bonus, right? That's why Yeti's okay and completely unplayable in Arena. I mean, in, uh, in Constructed. But also, anything that affects the minion base game, such as Poisonous, right? Poisonous is terrible if the opponent's not playing minions. But you're in the Arena. The opponents are guaranteed to be playing minions. So Poisonous is guaranteed to be better. Um, that's where Derail Coaster also comes in. And that's where Watch Post also came in. Like, Watch Post prevented you from playing minions without huge detriment. So that's terrible. And it got, you know, super overpowered, as we expected, and was also super not fun. Derailed Coaster does the same thing. You just have a whole bunch of minions in your hand. Like, these days you get, like, what, five spells on average per, per deck? Like, your hand is going to be mostly minions. So you just get a lot. And... What Derail Coaster gives you is additional tempo and flexibility and removal, which is all part of the tempo game. Like, if, again, if your opponents don't have minions, uh, Derail Coaster is good if you have a whole handful of minions, but it's not, like, the most amazing broken thing ever. Now, if your opponents are guaranteed to have minions, and you're guaranteed to have minions in your hands, now Derail Coaster is, like, uh, better than Shivera Swing. Because it's got a much higher win rate than Shivera. Um, that's... That's kind of uh, that's kind of how uh, how the arena game works. Um, so, yeah. Before I talk about the the actual design from Blizzard's perspective, anything else? Anything you you want to add on onto like an analysis of Enemus Scorpid? Well, in terms of like, it's what funny. It's doing? Like, okay, so let's go back uh, about three hours to something you said previously, uh, mm -hmm. where. When you were talking about those old discovers as well, not only are you giving up those points, discover uh, started off a lot crappier. As in, they made sure the first discovers were significantly worse uh, in terms of limiting your box. Either it was a bad box or the box was mm. so big and pretty limited, plus the power level back then was different. So you really were giving up so much. Like, 
let's just take Jeweled Scorpion for, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Jeweled Scarab, for example. Um, you were just discovering three drops, like three mana cards. They, like, and at that time, three mana didn't mean, you know, you could discover a Scorpid. A Scorpid? <laughs> so back then, three mana was like, okay, yeah, you know, wh what am I actually going to get out of it? You had good three drops back then, uh, but nothing crazy. I think Tomb Spider was the one that was really representative, right? It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, it's a 4-mana 3-3, which sucks. You're definitely giving up some stats there. And the Beast Pool was just not good. Like, it depended on metas, and it depended on what class you were. But you didn't really want Beasts. Like, you know, between a Beast and a spell, like a class spell, even back then when class spells weren't mm -hmm. as good, it's like, oh yeah, please give me the spell. So, um, they, were, they were just so limited in so many ways. And even back then, like, it was with a lower power it, level, Tomb Spider was like, oh, okay, this is, this is fine. This is okay. Like, yeah, they were used. Yeah, they were used. Because the whole world power level was lower. Um, but you, you did have better pools. But the better pools were all locked in class cards. Yeah. So, you had, like, stuff like Hallucination, right? Which is great. But it's a class card. Yep. So uh, the old cards, they, they started off with this mechanic. They understood how potentially dangerous it was, and they tried to limit it in a pretty extreme way. So you see something like a Tomb Spider, and now we, we look at a Tomb Spider like, wow, you, you pay how much? Like, you know, you, you're paying a real price, but you're, it's, it's way too much now. You, you expect full value plus a sick discover. Um, and if you're just discovering beasts right now, you're also just like, ew, like that, that's, that sucks. Like I either want a spell, I want a dragon, I want something good. If you're an elemental class, maybe you, you want an elemental, uh, something like that. It's like all beasts, but there are so many bad ones. Yeah. It's, and back then, like I said, right, it was four points. So that's why Tomb Spider was a three, three, because it was supposed to be a five, five, which is about what a four mana card would be. If you don't care, if you don't like count the curve thing. So obviously you can't have a four mana five, five, but you should get as much value as a four mana five, five. And it did. And somewhere along the way, uh, a, 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 probably like two years ago, they just changed what, what it means, like what the power levels of stuff is. And in addition to the base power level of stuff, they changed what drawing cards meant. You, we remember the, uh, at some point, I think it was, I think what really made it hit home was Big Ol' Whelp, right? When Big Ol' Whelp came out, we're like, oh, so they just don't care that you draw cards anymore. It's just a 5-mana five 5-5 five five that drew you a card, a neutral, common, and a dragon. Like, just go for it. Um, and that's because the value of card draw in Blizzard's algorithm literally dropped by 25% value. And along with it, the value of uh, Discover uh, X also dropped by 25% value. And um, it's a new... It's, it's, from that point on, like, Hearthstone became a different kind of game, right? You can argue that it's a worse game or it's a better game... Uh, but it is a game that is more like, that's more complicated, because if you can draw more cards, if you can generate more cards, if you can have more cards, you have more decisions to make. So, that's what Blizzard was going for. They made a very conscious decision to go do that. They tested it a little bit before, right? You saw Primordial Glyph. That's a that's an epic card, because they were testing the mechanic, and uh, they were like, you know what? We like what this did. And they went down that route, they standardized everything, and here we are. Um, so, so yeah, so l looking at, into the future, will these cards come out again? I want to say probably not to the degree that Scorpid is, because you have to, like, when you look at Scorpid, know that it's a problem in Constructed too. It's not an OP, we must nerf it problem, but Blizzard knows that they can't go past this. Because they've already given like an extra stat, uh, an extra point on the idea that poison is not really doing as much. Like I bet Blizzard's internal valuation of poison is quite low compared to what we would like. I don't know what the constructive valuation of poison is. I, I like uh, I, I don't know how I would design around that. I know what it is in arena, and in arena it's better than a four three. But in Constructed, I don't even think it's a 4-3. I think it's below a 4-3. And so while I'm saying, oh, you get an extra point, Blizzard has probably internally lowered the value of Poisonous so much that 
you don't get like it's Scorpid is probably only a half point over or maybe not over at all. But I'm betting it's like at least a half point over because you can see that it's used in constructed decks as a neutral card. So something's happening. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen again. Even if they don't nerf this, they're not going anywhere near strict Scorpid levels. And on top of that, it's going to be really hard for them to want to design another card that puts together these three things, which are like three of the five things that are generally very good for Arena and not very good for Constructed, which is poison or onboard uh, influencing things that involves your opponents having minions. A curve card, especially on three, three being the most important curve in the entire like arena game right now. And this discover random X mechanic using an elevated pool. Like that's, if they do another one of these, one, it's kind of lazy design because they already have Scorpid. And, uh, and two, like they know what's happening with Scorpid. If they do it again, I think they would more err on the side of caution and make it not as good of a card rather than make it about as good as Scorpid. Uh, so I don't think we have to worry about this in the future. But in the meantime, like Scorpid's here. Uh, it's, it's not going anywhere. You could argue for it to be banned. It has win rates that are pretty high. But if you're going to ban Scorpid, you kind of, like, what about Derailed Coaster? Right, I like. I always look at Derail Coaster as the um, less egregious version of the same problem as Watchtower. Like Watchtower feels bad because it prevents you from playing minions, but Derail Coaster wants your opponents to wants you to have minions in your hand. It's all the same thing. If it's something that's very guaranteed by having minions or needing to play minions or just minions, minions, minions. You're going to have a problem in designing a card that's even moderately okay and constructed for like people who are starting out playing the game and don't have perfect decks, which is the kind of the purpose of, uh, of these neutral cards for the most part, uh, while still making it not OP in Arena. So maybe you would have to ban all of these, but then you're removing this element of the game that Blizzard obviously finds quite important. And honestly, like Scorpid is kind of fun. Like, yeah, it's sort of ruining Arena, but it is adding a lot of variety and a lot of skill to Arena as well. In order to, let's say, ban um, Scorpid and Watchtower and to not ban Coaster, you have to go beyond the stats, right? Because if mm -hmm. you're doing stats and you're saying, we're cutting it off right here below Scorpid, well, you could do that. Like, you could stop it whenever, um, but then it's sort of like, why are you exactly doing it there? Um, you'd have to go further, and, and the, without going into the reasoning of why, it's sort of like, okay, so so, so this is how far we're going. It's like, it's not just going to be pure stats anymore. It's going to be an explanation. Mm -hmm. And that's also fine, but then it's like, all right, how far are we going, right? Let's keep it as simplistic as possible. You see it in Blizzard's game design. They try to make the game simple. So I think these decisions, they want to make it as clean as possible, Um Although, yeah. or truly, you talk about this design, and then you go into micro-adjust, which is probably one of the messiest ways to, to do it <laughs> uh, imaginable. But they still... That is their philosophy, right? Yeah. Even if they don't adhere to it all the time. Um, and what you're talking about goes to what Ixar was saying when he was like, I don't know if we're going to ban watch posts. Like, even after they saw what it was doing to the arena, and after everybody's calling for a TED, they're like... We're going to take a little time and really think about this. Because where do you draw the line, right? Like, maybe you draw the line somewhere, but we don't want it to be that the best card is always, like, kind of banned in Arena because, like, it's, you know, obviously the most powerful card. And then there's the next most powerful card. For Watchtower... Is it Watch Post or Watchtower? I keep getting... It's Watch Post. Okay. So for Watch Post, the three-mana one, Morshad Watch Post, there is a reason, right? It is the derailed coaster reason, but, like... Even more elevated than the derail coaster because you're not having minions in hand, you are challenging your opponent to not play minions. Like you're going even one step above derail coaster. But honestly, if they ban derail coaster as well, I wouldn't mind because that's a consistent philosophy. The philosophy is similar in that the mechanism is similar, but mm -hmm. something that is very different is uh, the fact that one card comes out two turns earlier, mm -hmm. right? And one card 
can single-handedly snowball into mm-hmm. a win without you doing anything more. And the other one is more so to get you even slash back into the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the other one can't do what the other other one... No, it can't, like, it but, can't keep repeatedly generating. Like, yeah. Coaster is like a, a overpowered Chevera. Right, you can right. play even if you have the board. Yeah, Coaster like, is uh, a Chevera-like thing. And there's a reason why people don't complain about Shavera as well. As in, people can complain about, but they're not like, oh man, this is like completely overpowered. It's got a limit. Whereas uh, Watch Post was unlimited. And in some games, um, like in, in most games, you're not generating like that much value. You're just generating in it, like an insane amount of value for three mana. But in some games, I had uh, like 10 2-2 taunts pop up and we're, we're getting to near infinite value at that point where mm-hmm. for three mana, it's like, okay, well, that's actually stupid. Yep. Uh, so this, is a, this whole thing is a long way of, of me trying to make the case that you would ban Derail Coaster before you ban Venom as Scorpid, which I don't think anybody agrees with besides me. But... If you're not just drawing arbitrary lines on win rates that are as close as 0.2%, which is ridiculously close, like to go, uh, I'm going to tell you two win rates that are 0.2% apart. All right. It's the difference between a disguised wanderer and a. We're, we're waiting for this example. I'm, 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 I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find this example. You okay. really did not okay. prep this. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down. I, I, yeah, this is not prepped. This is. This is all off the cuff. Uh huh. All right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reset this example to two things of, of similar things. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between a Terujo Brave and a Plague Proto Drake. Okay. And this is like a non mage, right? This is like yeah. This okay. is like just a whatever. Okay. Class. Like. Will you ban the Proto Drake but not the Terugio Brave? You could on 0.2, like just purely on the fact that, you know, one is, is better than the other. But but it's a really rough line to draw. And you can't, you're going to have to draw the line somewhere, right? It's not like, oh, okay, so maybe these two cards are tier one and everything else is tier two. I mean, other cards have insanely high win rates too, right? Like, even something like an Imprisoned Vile Fiend is only 0.4% behind the D-Road Coaster. So I don't think you, you quite get to Vile Fiend levels of, uh, of, of banning. Um, but it, it's hard to draw. Whereas if you pick a mechanic and you say this type of stuff, like call it the... Um, and Watchtower violated everything, right? Uh, it, was the, it was the Flappy Bird issue of... of um, uh, of snowballing uh, two wins that you don't want in the arena. But it's also just all those cards designed with those types of mechanics. Not just the Flappy Bird, but the Watchtower mechanic of using minions and forcing your opponents to use minions are all going to be overpowered in the arena if they are at all somewhat vaguely, even remotely playable and constructed. Um, so, yeah. Uh, when it comes to Venomous Scorpid. I, I want to uh, talk about a Steward of Scrolls as well. That's 5 mana, 4-4, four, four, plus 1 spell damage, and you discover a spell. So if you go back to my uh, my uh, card creation, uh, you know, math value calculator thing, one, your Steward of Scrolls is not a drop, right? So that's you're losing a bit of value uh, right off the bat there. But even if you're just adding up the stats and you treat the poisonous as a 4-3, we end up with uh, what I call one over uh, in the Scorpic case because you end up with seven plus three, which is ten, and a three, um, uh, a three mana one should only have nine. And you used to have eight, now it has nine. So a five mana one should have thirteen. And this one doesn't even have thirteen. Right, it has 8 plus the 3, so that's 11. And then how much do you give plus 1 spell damage? 1, 2, maybe 2? They're giving a 2. Like, to, to hit their their normal, like, oh, this is a well-balanced uh, card. And it doesn't, it's not even a curve card. 
So you have two very different kind of like balancing uh, philosophies going on between a steward of scrolls and this venomous scorpion. And it doesn't just go one step further, right? Like venomous scorpion goes two steps further than uh, than uh, scrolls. And I don't think anyone's really complaining too much about about uh, the steward of scrolls. It's a fifty-six point seven percent win rate, which is about the same as a dark iron dwarf. Like it's it's a good card. But you're not, you know, you're not, it's, no one considers it a, a true premium card. Um, so that's what you have to do. But of course, Steward of Scrolls was not used and constructed, except maybe in Elemental decks. Um, and Scorpion is used kind of everywhere where you need spell generation. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so long story short, they made an OP card that's even more OP and constructed. Uh, in, sorry, in arena than in constructed. Uh, it's a whole bunch of unique cir circumstances that bring together this card that makes it so bad for arena. It almost certainly won't happen again, and even if it does happen again, it won't be as it'll be like a Scorpid-like card, but it won't perform as well as Scorpid even because there's no way they they go above this, right? If they're Debating between going 0.5 points above or 0.5 points below, they're going to go 0.5 points below, given how used it is in constructive right now. So that's, and and also the whole thing is uh, that derail coaster is just as bad. Like I don't want to say Scorpion's not bad, but derail coaster is just as bad. The problem from an arena perspective is now that you have venomous Scorpid, you're kind of not allowed to print another card that's like it or as good as it. Like, everything else has to be, like, 0.5% below it. Um, or, like, something super fundamentally different. So, you remember how Twin Tyrant was just kind of Twin Tyrant? And it was Twin Tyrant as long as Twin Tyrant was in the game. Whether there were Dragon Synergies or not, it was always Twin Tyrant. And it doesn't matter what other cards were there, you always pick Twin Tyrant. That's Scorpid. They went a year and a half now without really outdoing Twin Tyrant. Um, more than a year and a half. And they're going to do the same thing with Scorpid. That's that's my prediction. Well, it's just the funny thing with Scorpid. Twin Tyrant was no, that was never used and constructed anyways. Scorpid, at <laughs> least, you know, we're, we're suffering, but constructed players are suffering as well. Meanwhile, during that time, uh, everyone was suffering... From Twin Tower and Arena, and Constructor was like, what card? Uh, they, it just, it wasn't, it could have been generated, but n nobody was running it in their actual competitive, you know, high-tier decks. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Twin Tyrant, by the end, like, if you put Twin Tyrant in the game right now, it, it's not so bad anymore. No, it's, the, the, it's not so the bad swings are already uh, like the the swings are bigger and the swings are more consistent. So before mm -hmm. Twin Tower, Twin Tyrant was just a super consistent way in order to get um, the swing. Now I'm I'm not saying it would be bad. Would it be a very good card right now? Yeah, it's just those swings are a little bit more common. Meanwhile, in the past metas, uh, swings tended to be. A little bit smaller on average, because uh, you know now you have like cycle of hatred plus like hysteria, um, the light bomb, all of this stuff. Five mana flame strike, like things are just bigger now. Impacts are just bigger, uh, and before um, you didn't have this like tight core set. So if you had Twin Tyrant, it was not only like one of the best cards in your deck, if not the best card, it was the best card by. A wider margin. Mm hmm. Yep. And it was also released in a dragon meta where everybody was a dragon class. So when it first was released, it was just silly. Um, but even like uh, once they like rotated out and it was no longer a dragon meta, even though there were still some dragons in it, Twin Tyrant was already not like insanely overpowered. It was just the best card, right? And now we're, we're just, we're past that now. Uh, okay, that's it for for what I wanted to talk about for uh, for Venomous Scorpid and kind of looking at it from a design perspective. 
um, and, and seeing how Blizzard wants to deal with this in the arena, right? So you start with, they messed up. Um, Venomous Corpid is a little too... Like, they took a risk. And Venomous Corpid is a little too good. So they know. And they're not going to do it again. Uh, or they're not going to do it in this way again. And from an arena perspective, this way is one of the only ways that you get something that's this ridiculous by just stacking like power on top of it because every single mechanic that this thing has is more like significantly more arena friendly than constructive friendly and there's nothing they can do really outside of changing the programming and changing how cards function in the arena compared to constructed to like really fix that so um yeah just kind of wanted to wanted to talk about it at that level cool okay I think that's it for uh, Adukta's educational rant. Uh, let's talk about where we're going to be next week uh, because we're still going to be here doing our podcast. But next week, both of us, both of us are actually going to be on another podcast as well. I think this is the first time both of us are, are, are doing something like this. We, we sometimes show up to other shows. We sometimes show up on other people's streams. But this is the first of its kind uh, in many years. But we'll be over at Kaludar's Twitch channel at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Kaludar, K-E-L-U-D-A-R. We're going to be joined by your favorite or not favorite Boomer Dreads. Uh, so it's going to be Kaludar, Kalenable, me, Adokta, and Dreads. We are doing a little bit of March Madness style bracket, best arena card ever. Uh, and if you are interested in voting to help whittle it down, voting is currently ongoing. You can actually just go to Arena HS. Uh, they posted um, links that you can use to vote. But I think it's a really cool idea what uh, both of the Kells are doing. What they did was they made a list of over a hundred of the top arena cards and they are whittling it down and they are looking to crown a champion of most OP card in arena of all time. And we are joining for the final 16 and we're going to talk about it. So it's a good opportunity to go through arena metas because we're evaluating them based on the meta in which they first came out. And we're going to talk about all the different factors that we're going to be using. It's not some sort of like super scientific. Adwokta is not going to be digging up the algorithm, inputting these and coming in with numbers and, you know, saying, well, actually, guys, according to, you know, the standard deviation and the meta at the time, this is actually 3.4% better than the previous card. Ooh, that's a large percent. That's a large percent. Uh, yeah. Well, some of the cards, and I think there's going to be a few that sneak in that I think shouldn't sneak in and there are already Gnarg some is out already Gnarg is out Gnarg is oh. out and this is the thing when we reach a uh, sweet 16 it's going to be whittled down by both of the Kells and a lot of the arena hs yeah. audience so i will definitely have my input i'm sure everyone will have their input i think it's just a good opportunity to talk about metas past the identity of all of the classes, how they play. And if you guys were there, it'll be a great walk down memory lane to talk about mm -hmm. just how uh, strange it was for Blizzard to give Rogue something like Dark Iron Skulker. It was crazy. Oh, so it, it, it's as if you just like put steph curry into like the 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 1960s or, or something and he <laughs> and, and some stupid coach actually allowed him to play that way as well it, it's sort of like that in which it's like everything about that was a little bit weirder in which you had this like amazing card that broke identity at a point when identity was very tight and it just it did, did this thing that like the class really wasn't supposed to do and it was always um, so that's one of those those cars that you know I I definitely want to bring up whether it's there or not there, and where else can you just randomly bring up a card like that, right? A card like Keeper of Oldaman, and then 
commons uh, or not commons like neutrals uh, that we can also talk about perhaps like Flappy Bird if that makes it. Twin Tyrant I think is still in the running as well. So if you're interested, Twin better be in the running. Yeah, I know. So if you're interested in that, definitely check out the podcast uh, Twitch.tv slash Kelmudar. It will be 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. This is Saturday, July 3rd. The Kells say it's going to be under two hours. I don't know, man. They they made a huge mistake inviting us and saying, oh, yeah, easily under two hours. Five people, like, assuming no intro, no conclusion. That means five people are going to discuss each card. And there's only 16 cards, each card, for like eight minutes or less. Uh, with, with no transition, no intro, no anything. That's, that's just not possible. They initially thought it would take an hour, which... Yeah, yeah. Actually, no way. Unless the question was like, up next, we have Venomous Scorpid. What do you think? Very good card. Next. You know, uh, it's very <laughs> no good. No analysis. Give a number. One to ten. Go. Very good. But I reserve my right. I think this other card is potentially as good. Next. That's, you got to do that. Like, no analysis in order to talk about it. But this is why people enjoy these like talking heads right who are just like who is the greatest of all time is it let's say michael jordan or is it bill russell and i think you get a lot of jordan fans but if you know basketball at all you'll know that this is just one of those things where it's like okay you have to deeply compare the eras here and at a point in which the nba in the 90s was completely unrecognizable from the nba in the prehistoric days when Bill Russell uh, ruled the world. So, same thing for Hearthstone. Hearthstone back in the GVG BlackRock days was so different from the interesting metas and interesting cards and the power level of cards that we have today. So you, you have to try to make this bridge. And Black we Mountain. typically <laughs> never have to do that. And now we have to argue. It's like, okay, does Bill Russell's... Like, all those championships sort of uh, make him better in a sense than, let's say, LeBron today or Jordan in the 90s. And then, like, whoa, what was harder? You know, like, all that stuff. So... Swing by. It'll be very interesting if we're talking about Skulker versus Venomous Scorpid. If we're talking about something um, even like I, a little I bit later, see how Keeper a class of Oldemon. Card win. Yeah. I, I don't see how a class card could win. Um, they, could, they could play somewhat high, depending on how many ridiculous uh, neutrals we run out of. Um, but it's just, you gotta, even at the most dominant, a class is seen at most, even at the very top, something like less than half the time of your matchups. And of those, like, so even if it was the best card, a neutral would be seen everywhere. That would be seen half the time. I guess if it actually was half, during the times where there was a class card offering rate bonus, right, you would be able to get to the same, like, frequency of seeing it. So it has to be a meta in which one class, just one, totally dominated. And that card was a most ridiculous card of that class. So something like Dark Iron Skulker, it's not... I don't even think that makes the top 16, even though it's very interesting. Because rogues were never that dominant. And, and Or people just didn't like playing rogue, right? Even when it was really, really good. And Skulker was one of the many ridiculous rogue cards at the time. Yeah, you had to basically uh, do something like... Um, what was it? Hunter Spellstone. Uh, when it first oh, yeah. came out, mm-hmm. that was the meta uh, breaker mm-hmm. at that point for just a short yeah. period of time. When hunters went over sixty percent win rate, now of course something like the Hunter Spellstone definitely fell off. <laughs> it got well, and then they nerfed. Yeah, it. and then they nerfed it, but it got <laughs> micro adjusted. It fell off and everything. Yeah. Uh, but if we're talking, oh man, what does a class card have to do in order to? make it really high in the standings it would have to do something like the hunter spellstone at the beginning of the oppressive hunter meta or something like abyssal enforcer when warlock was at the very very top of the Mm -hmm. meta and then you had um 
Potion of Madness. Potion of Madness when it first came out as well. Yeah, you, you have to have uh, yeah. those kind of things. Yep, yep. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's. Uh, but by the way, they're they're doing this on as like kind of part of their podcast. Uh, and if you don't know, and you are a arena podcast listener, as you probably are, uh, because you're listening to this arena podcast, uh, the Cal and Cal podcast is uh, has been going for ooh, I don't know how many months, four months, five months, and uh, and they do they're the they do all arena content, and uh, there are they're on. Um, they're on every week, and you guys should check that out anyway. But uh, definitely check out this uh, this series where they discuss all the cards. It's uh, it's a good walk down memory lane, and we'll be we'll be joining next Saturday for the for the last leg of it with uh, with dreads as well. Yep. Okay. Um, so make sure you tune in for that. That's all of the pure arena content. We have, uh, let's talk about something a little bit different. Uh, sure, this this could be like a question from the GOAT or whatever, um, but mm-hmm. let's just talk. Question from the GOAT, yeah. brought to you by our patrons. Mm. Patreon.com slash GrinningGOAT. Please support us. Our computers are very expensive and the bills are coming due. Yeah, and my computer apparently isn't coming. <laughs> like, the payment didn't oh accept. So we got to figure this freaky- out. We're I'm actually at a clock now because if the process hasn't started, dude, I need my PC before Diablo 2 resurrected and it's coming. Like, yeah, it's actually, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. It's less than three months. Yeah. What? Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm stuck with this computer for a while. I was like expecting it any day now. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't update your address. And, and I don't read my email. You don't read your email. See, this, I would like. Because, you know, I don't check the Go email as often as I should. Mm-hmm. But this was purely no, this your is email. my email. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So not my fault. Ha, ha, ha. But, like, they hid the comment, like, on page they two. They did. That, the was, that was really dumb. I and, saw like, the email the you sent. That was really dumb. The email wasn't even, like, your stuff is, like, because it was going to take them two months to send it anyway. So, like, it wasn't like you knew what was happening with your order. Like, they just started making my computer, like, less than a week ago. So mine is not going to arrive on time either, but it'll it won't be. But I need my computer for Diablo two. Hopefully, hopefully they'll fast track yours because we like technically placed the order like two months ago almost. Oh my god! Hopefully, okay. So, uh, I get this question a lot, uh, either during my streams or people just ask me, even like in other channels when I'm in the chat as well. All right, it's the summertime. It's sweltering heat. When it's hot, people are wondering, how do I fully enjoy hot girl summer, okay? Or hot boy summer, hot whatever summer. Like, you want to look your best. People ask me general workout tips as well. Let me just give you guys a few tips, explain it to you nerds in the only way that uh, you guys will probably understand, which is Hearthstone analogies. And... It might seem weird, but there are quite a few similarities uh, in Hearthstone and in working out, uh, and it's part of the reason why I enjoy both. So number one, if you want to set yourself up for success, because when people ask me, Murps, how do I go from three wins to let's say seven wins, and you saw, um, I gave a lot of tips, like if you're three wins, this is probably what you're... uh, got issues with five this is probably what you got issues with seven this is what you probably have to improve and then beyond but at the very very beginning for the arena i always said at the very start just play just play and then know your basics get that down and if you don't do that you can find yourself very easily overwhelmed just frustrated if you're just from the beginning Uh, You're focusing too much on HS replay. You're focusing too much on watching streams and then you're watching um, Let's say me and now I'm explaining I'm like, oh, I think they are missing removal and making these reads and you're focusing on that Before you're putting the cart before the horse. By the way, I never understood that analogy I was like that that because the horse pulls the cart and if you put the cart in front of the horse The horse should be able to push the cart. Yeah, I don't but but it doesn't anyway That's not what horses do. I yeah, you gotta know what horses do Uh, For the gym 
I don't like giving universal advice, but this advice is universal and I fully believe in it. Uh, make sure you don't get caught up in too much of the big picture stuff before you just get your routine down. You just gotta show up. Find whatever way gets you to the gym and gets you going uh, and preferably not like, you know, oh, each time after I go to a gym, I reward myself with like a large pizza. Pro probably not that, okay? Because that's probably Adulta's. Uh, actually, no, he, he'd look at that. Why and, would you go to the gym? I just reward myself right, with a right, large pizza. Right, he's like, well, if the point is the reward, he's yeah. like, then let's just skip right to that. That was going to be my point. Yes. I'm like, yeah, it's great that you want to work out and everything. But like, if it's really giving you that much trouble to go work out... Consider that maybe you don't want to work out. But you do want that, the pizza. Yeah, and then if, you, if you're working out to eat the pizza and you don't want to work out, you can still have the pizza. You could. You very like, much so there's could. Nothing, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, right? You just got to do a, doesn't a risk analysis. It doesn't have to be anyway, really. Yeah, just do a risk analysis, figure out your priorities in life, and maybe you want to go to the gym and look good because that's a high priority in your life, and you should do that and probably eat less of the pizza. Uh, or maybe that's just really not as much of a priority in your life as you thought it was, as society tells you it should be. Right, And if that's the case, then maybe you just want to stay home and play Hearthstone or watch TV or just eat more pizza after your first big pizza. Um, and, and that's totally okay within certain health boundaries. Within certain health boundaries. I'm glad you put that in. So make sure at the beginning, for example, if you're playing Hearthstone and your goal is infinite, you want to make sure you're having fun with the game first. <laughs> and mm -hmm. with working out as well, you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself on that like, okay, hardcore, I'm, I'm going to count every single thing that goes into my body. I have to eat at these times. I have to be on this routine. If I miss it, I'm like hugely disappointed in myself. Make it fun. Whatever sort of routine you like, exercises that you're comfortable with at first and then branch out. So just build that first. Now, after that, you're getting a little bit more complex um and okay so in hearthstone what you what you want to do is always you want to get to the point in which you are able to critique yourself and i think that just comes from after you are comfortable enough playing the game and you, you know your routine and and you've seen through a lot of experience once again this is just time right the first part is time and you've churned out a lot of games now you should have at least some idea uh, of, okay, what am I missing here? How am I able to criticize myself? Whereas at the very beginning, you couldn't really critique yourself. And it's the same thing with the workout as well. After you've done it for a while, now is the time to be like, okay, well, I've had a lot of just total fun with my program. Hopefully you, you're having at least some fun with my program. And I have uh, seen some good results, but it's time to optimize a little bit. Like these exercises aren't exactly doing it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing this with the perfect form. Maybe I can watch some more videos, consult someone. Um, maybe I can switch up the set range. So that's where you can get a little bit more um, into it. And then the, the, the thing that is really important, and I think this is in esports in gym, in life, I, it, it works with like diet, like everything. Um, people fail because they look at their goals too much. Um, I see this happen a lot. And I understand it's the frustrated people that are typically the loudest and share all of this stuff. But uh, with people in arena, they get frustrated. They're like, you know, I, I, I'm at, I was at three wins, I'm now at five, I'm inching closer to six, but my progress has slowed down significantly. I keep getting these bad beats. I'm just never going to be like a leaderboard player. It's frustrating. And then they kind of just quit. And I understand, it's fine. And if they re-quit Hearthstone, whatever, it's just a game. It, it, it's not that bad. But I see a lot of people do the same in other aspects of life, including the gym, including other stuff, where you have lofty goals, very lofty goals in mind, and that's fantastic, but you stumble in the middle, and perhaps you get up, you stumble again, 
And because you are looking and you see that you're still so far from your goal, um, it's very frustrating. So, so, so the moral of the story is is to settle. Yeah, to to like, settle. It's yeah, that's, okay to settle. Uh, like yeah, when you're doing something sure. like working out, yes, and you believe and you feel that having an okay body is better than having a bad body, then it's okay to have an okay body instead of a great body. Right? Like, sure, you could aim for the great body, but, like, don't beat yourself up if you don't get there. It's, it sometimes just takes, you know, more than you're willing to give. Like, you should do the proper risk analysis and the proper, like, resource and pain tolerance that you actually have. And a lot of times, for a lot of people, most people, really, it's just not worth it to, to get to, to a good body. And that's, that's okay. Right? It doesn't mean that you need to have the worst body, though. Right? You don't have to, like, just give up on everything. If you have something that's doing okay, and it's sort of working, and you're, like, at least not not enjoying the process. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, you can disregard all of that. He, um, that, that, was, that was a great interlude uh, by Adulta. <laughs> All right, so I'm telling people to keep working out. How how much more pro workout do you want me to get? I here? think there are some people. That is true. I'm not. I shouldn't be expecting more from you. Um, I think what I mean is some people could have ultimately gotten there, but they psych themselves out. Um, the pressure that they put on themselves gets to them, and I think this is important. If you guys remember when we had Boozer on, this is quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But to explain his process, uh. I loved Boozer's story of how he became one of the best arena players, and not just in like one leaderboard. He wasn't a flash in the pan like I was. He consistently made leaderboard after leaderboard after leaderboard, high uh, finishes. But um, he wasn't just like naturally good at arena. He struggled for quite a while. And I, if you're interested in that, you can go back and I forget exactly which episode he was. But his story was very inspiring. Um, and it shows that even the best players like take a lot of time. You shouldn't be frustrated if you are initially not as great. Uh, I think there was a period of time when Boozer was kind of stuck in like that six win, seven win, and he languished there for a little bit. And then he ultimately broke through. Uh, but uh, so for you within arena and at the gym, uh, people just get stuck sometimes, and that's fine. And as long as you keep showing up, you will always get better. Um, and don't let that stop you uh, if if you really wanted uh, it, because I think it stops too many people, like that mindset uh, of ultimately reaching their goal. And then lastly, um, at the very, very, very end, um, you know what? I'll just leave it there because I, I think that's fine. I I, I want to leave it right there, uh, and you'll you'll see that I didn't give lots of specifics because I'm not about that. Um, please do not turn to uh, like a, a children's card game player for actual advice. You got you can hey, go to you're like a former professional trainer. Yeah, this has been nine years now, but yes, okay, I was. okay, but like also working out does not change that much. No, it doesn't. Um, but typically, people have very specific questions for me, and they're like, "Hey, what's the mm. best shoulder workout for me?" I'm like, "I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, I, I really don't." So I, I always point them towards. It's like, okay, well, you can go to a trainer next to you, um, because if I can't see you and if I can't like have you do things in front of me then I don't feel comfortable giving you that advice. All right. That's it for the LifeForge podcast. Thank you again to our patrons, patreon.com. I'll catch you guys next week on uh, the Kellen Kell podcast on Saturday or uh, on the LifeForge on Sunday. Cool. See you guys. See ya.
Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.